Hi, this is Ann Cavera with another episode of Speeding Past 80. This week's story is called The Invitation. A few days ago, I attended a writer's conference through the magic of Zoom on my computer. For anyone my age who doesn't know what Zoom is, here's how it works. Writers get two or three days of wonderful speakers and workshops. Often, editors will open up slots where writers can sign up for an individual meeting. This is a great way for introverts and anyone else to network with other writers and publishers because, in reality, no one has to travel anywhere. Even the presenters stay home. So, I attended online and met with an editor. She offered me an invitation to send in my manuscript. She said she'd take a look. This in no way means the publisher will give me any kind of contract. It just means a writer gets a chance to stick a foot in the publisher's door. But for those of us who are searching for a publisher, any such invitation like this is followed by a happy dance and maybe the consumption of a good amount of unhealthy food. Well, after eating the forbidden food comes a moment of panic. Is the manuscript really ready? Is it good enough? Doubt creeps in. Can I go through my novel one more time and still send it in soon enough the editor will remember me? I was mulling all of this over when one of the grandsons stopped by yesterday to help with some chores. I had bought a new alarm clock. The old one was more than 30 years old and had developed, shall we say, issues. The first thing my grandson did was open the instructions, which were all written in microscopic print and full of terms that meant absolutely nothing to me. Within five minutes, he had the clock up and running and set for 6 a.m. Last night, Jim went to bed early, which gave me some excellent writing time. So, I stayed up revising and polishing the first 50 pages of my novel. I climbed into bed at midnight. At that point, I was surprised to realize the LED numbers on the new clock were three or four times larger and brighter than the numbers on the old clock. As big as they were, just inches from my face, I'd never get to sleep. No problem. I put the new clock on the floor, out of sight, beneath the nightstand, reminding myself to reach down and turn off the alarm at 6 a.m. Then I fell asleep. Well, at 3 a.m., my hip joint seized up in a really painful way, probably from sitting at the computer so long before going to bed. After twisting and turning with no relief, I got out of bed and hobbled back and forth in the dark, trying to walk out the kink in my hip. No relief. By now, Jim was awake. I said, hip hurts. I think I'll sleep on a heating pad in my recliner in the living room. He mumbled, and off I went. Within a few minutes, relief came, and I fell asleep in the chair in the living room. Now, at this point, can you spot the disaster about to happen? The next thing I know, it's 7.30 a.m. I start down the hallway and notice the bedroom light is on. In the bedroom, I find Jim still in bed, flat on his back, wide awake, staring at the ceiling with his glasses on, and he is terrified. 
The alarm had gone off at 6 a.m. He had no idea where I had gone or how to stop that awful noise. He couldn't find it. Mercifully, at some point, the buzzer had stopped. I felt so awful. At this point, should I just stop writing and focus on Jim? That might be the easiest, most practical thing for both of us. But I hope I don't have to make that choice. This podcast and whatever else I'm able to write have become lifelines in a very difficult situation. I love these slender threads of connection with the outside world. I am so grateful for each listener, each editor with the grace to say yes, each hour of quiet when I can go off into my little world of writing. So, here's the bottom line for today. All of us face difficulties that threaten to overwhelm us. We must find lifelines. For me, the first lifeline is my faith, which includes a stout rope of prayer. I can't remember the title just now, but long ago in one of Parker Palmer's books, he told the story of how old-time farmers tied a rope between the barn and the back of the farmhouse. If he were caught in the barn in a blizzard, the farmer held fast to the rope and followed it until he found his way safely to the back door. Palmer compared the farmer's rope to our lifeline of prayer. In the worst of life's storms, we all need a good stout rope and a few silver threads to keep us tied to mental and emotional reality. For me, my faith and my writing are the non-negotiable threads that let me walk in peace. Well, unless the hip goes out at 3 a.m. So whatever blizzard you are facing today, hold tight to your lifelines. No need to feel guilty for staying connected to who you really are so that you can care for those who need you the most. Eventually, we'll all find our way home. Thanks for listening. Join me here again next week for another episode of Speeding Past 80.